According to local legend, deep in the forests of New Jersey resides a ghost known as the Black Doctor. Some of the details vary a bit depending on where you look, but generally the story goes something like this. The Black Doctor is the ghost of an African-American man named James Still who lived in the 1800s and wanted to practice medicine, but was unable to because of his race and his extremely limited means being the son of two former slaves. His upbringing consisted mostly of hard work and there wasn't much time for a formal education, but this didn't phase James at all. He packed up and he moved to the pine forests of New Jersey, where he lived a secluded life studying textbooks and learning the ways of homeopathic healing. By the late 1800s, he had become a highly sought-after expert in herbal medicine, and for many years he ran a very successful clinic, before eventually passing away in 1885. Now, he's remembered fondly as the Black Doctor of the Pines, and his benevolent spirit remains there, sometimes appearing to aid lost or injured travelers. As it turns out, the ghost of Dr. James Still is just one of many mysterious forces lurking in the forests of New Jersey. And not all of them are quite so friendly. This is Simply Strange, a podcast where anything spooky weird and goosebump inducing it's fair game hello everyone and welcome to episode 11 of simply strange this is pj and i'm so glad that you could join me today we're back after a slightly longer than usual break between episodes but as of this very moment, no more nonsense, no more goofing around. We're back on the usual schedule, episode every two weeks, as I resume my quest to try to quench your insatiable thirst for weird stuff. As always, if you enjoy the show, please be sure to leave a preferably good review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And if you do that, who knows, maybe in a couple weeks... We'll be up there at the top of the iTunes charts beating Joe Rogan. Watch out, Joe. This little podcast's coming for you. This week, we're going to be talking about another cryptid. Mothman went over pretty well, and people liked it and said they wanted more cryptids. So here we are, more cryptids. Plus, I like cryptids too. This week, we will be talking about the Jersey Devil. So yeah, let's... uh. Let's just talk about the Jersey Devil. How's that for a transition? The unknown is a breeding ground for mystery and intrigue. Through the entirety of human history, we've used the unexplored expanses of our world as opportunities for our imaginations to run wild. 
weaving fascinating and sometimes terrifying narratives to populate places we've never been or explain things that we don't understand. But as humanity's reach increases and the dark places become light, many of these mysteries have lost their luster. However, in some very unique cases, old mysteries live on, hidden in plain sight. And one such place, surprisingly enough, is in New Jersey. Just 25 miles or so west of Philadelphia lies a plot of land that stands in stark contrast to the urban sprawl that covers much of the northeastern United States, New Jersey's Pinelands National Reserve, often referred to simply as the Pine Barrens. The Pine Barrens are massive. They cover over 1.1 million acres, bigger than both Yosemite National Park and Grand Canyon National Park and they make up about 22% of New Jersey's total land area. The barrens consist of miles and miles of dense pine and oak trees, dotted with the occasional fire watchtower, broken up by extensive wetlands and small towns, and sometimes even the vacant shells of old factories or once bustling towns from years past. Beneath the barrens lies a large natural reservoir containing 17 trillion gallons of pure, sterile water. Water that was once prized by sea captains for its ability to stay drinkable longer than any other water that they had access to. And, much like the water below it, the rest of these vast woods also have their own rich, and sometimes strange, history, dating back many years. The Pine Barrens are not exactly a hospitable place to live, the soil is poor, and the enormous size of the forest, coupled with its lack of opportunities, kept most people out. And by the 1700s, the people who did live in the Pine Barrens had begun to develop a bit of a reputation. They were viewed by outsiders as being society's outcasts. Fugitives, poachers, moonshiners, deserting soldiers, runaway slaves. People who didn't fit into traditional society and instead found themselves living on the fringe, in the wild and desolate pine forest. And life was difficult there, especially in the early days. The poor soil and remote nature of the Pine Barrens offered little in way of employment, and many of its inhabitants lived in tents or small lean-tos made out of sticks, eking out a meager living by picking berries, gathering pine cones, or collecting moss. The people of the barrens were often referred to as pineys, a term that seems to have been derogatory when it first came about, but over the years the pineys have more or less embraced it, taking pride in being a little different and wearing it as a badge of honor. However, sometimes life in the pine barrens could be a little bit more than just different. And the mysterious forest's history is littered with tales of different becoming downright bizarre. The lore of the Pine Barrens is rich and sometimes unsettling, but out of all of the curiosities that have emerged from the mysterious forest, nothing captivates quite like the legend of the Jersey Devil. Some of the details of the Jersey Devil's origin 
change a little bit depending on where you look and who you ask. But generally, it goes something like this. In 1735, the Pine Barrens were home to a woman named Jane Leeds. Jane was the mother of a small army of children, 12 to be exact. And for this reason, she was often referred to as Mother Leeds. One day she found out that she was pregnant with child number 13, which to her was not good news. 12 children was enough. Supporting 12 children in these forsaken woods was no easy task, and adding a 13th child seemed impossible. She didn't want another child, especially not unlucky child number 13. And in her frustration, she made a proclamation, some would say a curse, that this child would be the devil. Now, we fast forward to the night of that cursed child's birth, and fittingly enough, it's a dark and stormy night, and the residents of the Pine Barrens are riding out a torrential downpour, the likes of which they had never seen before. Jane Leeds was at a birthing house, known as the Shroud's House, surrounded by family and friends, and with the assistance of her midwife, she gave birth to what seemed to be a perfectly normal, healthy baby, at first. But then, mere moments after being born, the child began to transform before their eyes. Jane and company screamed in terror as they watched the child's body begin to grow and to mutate. Its legs stretched into long, unnaturally thin limbs, almost like the legs of a bird and its hands and feet melted into hooves. It grew a long, thin, forked tail and bat-like wings. And then, with a terrible shriek, the newborn's neck began to stretch to a horrifying length, its face elongating as it began to take on the features of a goat, growing a pair of horns in the process. Hearing the commotion from the hall where he was waiting, Mr. Leeds rushed in to see what was wrong. But there was nothing he, or anyone else, could do. With a thundering roar, the creature began to launch itself at anyone unlucky enough to be within striking distance, thrashing about with its whip-like tail and pummeling everyone in the room with its hooves, killing the midwife in the process. And then, with one final ear-shattering scream, the devil unfurled its wings and darted into the lit fireplace and up the chimney, tearing the narrow chimney apart and sending shrapnel flying in all directions before finally disappearing into the torrential downpour assaulting the Pine Barrens, where some say that it still remains to this day, emerging every so often to wreak havoc on those unfortunate enough to cross its path. And so, the Jersey Devil was born. And to this day, it still rears its head every now and then and a new sighting rolls in. Given that this story took place in 1735, it must be a pretty old devil out there in the forests. And for a long time, it wasn't even known as the Jersey Devil. It was known as the Leeds Devil, possibly named after Mother Leeds, or possibly after the town that the birthing house is sometimes reported to have been located in, a tiny town near the coast called Leeds Point. Now, I know that this origin story sounds a little unlikely, to put it very gently. But the thing is, despite the inarguable absurdity of the Jersey Devil's origin, the legend has persisted, and for good reason. The Jersey Devil isn't some wives' tale passed on to scare children around a campfire. No, as you will see, the Jersey Devil is much more than that. 
and there are countless reports of people having seen it, some of which are from very convincing and very reliable witnesses. U.S. Navy Commodore Stephen Decatur was an impressive military figure. Joining the Navy at the age of 19, he quickly rose through the rankings, and by 25, he had been promoted to captain, making him the youngest man to reach the rank of captain in the history of the Navy. His impressive resume included acts of heroism in the Barbary Wars in North Africa, the Quasi War in France, as well as the War of 1812. He was a natural leader and a highly decorated officer, and there was even a brief stint where his face was on the $20 bill. In 1819, Decatur visited the Hanover Iron Works in the Pines, wanting to inspect the quality of the cannonballs that were being manufactured there to ensure that they were up to the standard necessary for his use in fighting pirates along the Barbary Coast. As part of this process, Decatur visited their firing range and was firing off a couple test shots when he noticed something strange in the distance, at the far end of the firing range. It appeared to be some sort of creature, flapping awkwardly across the range in front of him. Decatur was a guy who was always up for a challenge, so he did what any self-respecting marksman would do, and he took aim at the strange animal. Moments later, a cannonball whizzed through the air and made contact with one of the bizarre creature's wings. But to his astonishment, and everyone else in his companies, the creature, now with a gaping hole in one wing, continued on, completely unaffected, without even the slightest acknowledgement that it had just been blasted with a cannonball. Decatur and company watched in stunned silence as it disappeared into the forest. Not long after, in 1820, another high-profile Jersey Devil sighting occurred, this time by none other than Joseph Bonaparte, the less known and slightly less successful older brother of Napoleon Bonaparte. Once the King of Spain, Joseph was run out of the country by the English military before eventually finding himself living in Bordentown, New Jersey, in the Pine Barrens, where he built a beautiful estate called Point Breeze, while Joseph hadn't exactly been the most successful king, he did fit in quite well in Bordentown. He was a lover of the arts, his massive estate was the home of the largest library in the country at the time. With over 8,000 books, it beat even the Library of Congress, which had 6,500. He eagerly welcomed artists, and really anyone else for that matter, into his home to view his impressive art gallery and he often lent pieces from his collection to local museums. One snowy afternoon, Joseph was out hunting in the woods near his estate when he noticed some strange tracks on the ground. The prints looked similar to the hoof prints of a donkey, except that based on the prints, this creature appeared to only have two legs, with one foot slightly larger than the other. Curious as to what kind of strange creature had left these prints, 
Joseph began following them. He weaved through the barrens for several minutes, following the tracks deeper and deeper into the forest until they abruptly stopped, as if the creature had just disappeared, or perhaps flown away. Joseph spent a long moment just staring at the tracks on the ground, pondering what could possibly have left them, until his thoughts were suddenly broken up by a strange hissing noise. Startled, Joseph turned around only to find himself face to face with a monster. A monster with huge wings like a bat, and horns on a horse-like head, and thin bird-like legs. Joseph stared at the beast, in his terror forgetting that he held a rifle in his hands, and the beast stared back at him. For a few moments, the two just stood there looking at each other, neither of them moving. And then the creature let out yet another hiss, unfurled its wings, and it flew away. Later that day, Joseph reported the incident to a friend who told him that he had just seen the Jersey Devil. In addition to the sightings by Bonaparte and Decatur, there were countless other encounters with the devil over the years. In 1840, the Jersey Devil was blamed for killing and mutilating a number of livestock, and then again in 1841. This time, the killings were accompanied by strange tracks and unearthly screams. In 1859 and 1873, there were a particularly notable number of sightings reported, and by the late 1800s, the Jersey Devil had become a household name. And it was reported that there wasn't a family in all of the Pine Barrens who hadn't heard of it. But this was only the beginning. In January of 1909, the story of the Jersey Devil reached its climax, when, in one crazy week, hundreds of people reported having a brush with the devil, sending waves of fear all throughout southern New Jersey, and even parts of Pennsylvania, Delaware, and Maryland. On January 16, 1909, life in and around the Pine Barrens took a turn for the strange, beginning in Woodbury, New Jersey, where dozens of people reported seeing an odd, unrecognizable creature flying over the town. The next day, reports of mysterious tracks in the snow began pouring in from all throughout Lower New Jersey and the surrounding areas. The tracks much like the ones found by Joseph Bonaparte, looked to have been made from a small, two-legged, horse-like creature. The tracks seemed to defy all logic, appearing and disappearing at random as they led through people's backyards and across fields, making impossible leaps over fences, or even to the tops of houses. They weren't limited to secluded areas like the Pine Barrens, either. There were even reports of these tracks being found in densely populated areas like Camden and Philadelphia, and the tracks were only the beginning. Reports began flying in at an astonishing rate of more people having actually seen the creature. On the 19th, a married couple in Gloucester, New Jersey, 
reported an encounter with a creature that matched the description from others who had already had close-up encounters with the monster. They said that the creature walked on its back legs and held up two short front legs with paws on them, which it didn't seem to use at all. The terrified couple mustered the courage to open the window and attempted to shoo it away, which surprisingly seemed to work. They claimed that it then turned around, barked at them, and flew away. That same day, a trail was found nearby, similar to the one found by Joseph Bonaparte, a trail that a pair of local hunters attempted to track, following it as it twisted through the forest for 20 miles. Like many of the other trails that had been found, this trail seemed impossible, jumping right over fences and sometimes squeezing through small, eight-inch gaps. By the 20th, there had been so many reports of this strange and unsettling creature that ragtag groups of hunters began to form all across New Jersey, hoping to track down and kill the devil. That day, two separate groups of hunters in two separate towns reported seeing the creature flying towards the town of Morristown, where later that day it was reportedly seen by at least two more people. On the 21st, the creature supposedly attacked a trolley in Haddon Heights, flying around and terrorizing the passengers for several minutes before eventually flying away. This incident prompted the trolleys in several nearby cities to begin staffing armed guards to protect the trolleys. Throughout the entire week, countless articles began appearing in local papers describing the various encounters. Firemen trying to fend the creature off with their hoses, police unsuccessfully attempting to shoot it out of the sky, there was a woman in Camden who reported stepping outside of her home, only to find the devil attempting to eat her dog. There were reports that hunters were trying to use bloodhounds to track it, but the bloodhounds refused to follow the trail. There were reports of chickens being mysteriously slaughtered all throughout New Jersey. The list goes on and on, and all these sightings began to take a toll. Panic spread throughout the region. Businesses closed. People didn't leave their homes, children didn't go to school, and some schools were even closed completely. It's even rumored that the Philadelphia Zoo had offered a reward for the creature's capture. And then, after about a week, the flurry of activity finally stopped, and the Jersey Devil retreated back into the depths of the Pine Barrens. Out of sight, but certainly not out of mind. The incidents of January 1909 made a mark on the Pine Barrens, blurring the lines between legend and reality, and raising the question, what exactly was this monster hiding in the forest? With so many people having seen it, surely there had to be something out there, but was it truly the cursed child of Mother Leeds, hidden away for all these years in the shadowy cover of the pines? Or was it something else? maybe something a little more rational. As far as the legend goes, it's probably pretty unlikely that Mother Leeds actually gave birth to a cursed child that came out perfectly normal and then immediately transformed into a massive, bloodthirsty, goat-horse-bat monster. But what we do know is this. There was a woman named Leeds living in the area during the 1700s. According to the will left by her husband, this woman, Deborah Leeds, did have 12 children. So it seems that Mother Leeds did in fact exist. But what the will doesn't mention is anything about a 13th child. 
The most common speculation is that perhaps she did actually have a 13th child, and it was, in fact, deformed. Just not quite in the way that the legend tells. Given that she already had 12 children, Mother Leeds must have been getting fairly old, and the odds of her pregnancy having complications would be increasing, and maybe she did give birth to a child that was deformed. From there, given the superstitions of the time, it's easy to imagine that when people caught wind of this deformed child, rumors began to run amok of the cursed devil child that Mother Leeds had given birth to. Maybe she even tried to hide the child from the world, and that could possibly explain its absence from their will. Whatever the case, as the news of the deformed child spread, the details likely were exaggerated, aided by the Pine Barren's reputation of being a strange, inhospitable land. And as time went on, we eventually ended up with the story we have today. While there's most likely a perfectly rational explanation as to how the Jersey Devil's origin story came about, it's a little harder to explain away the hundreds of sightings that have occurred over the years. Sightings by countless civilians, including police officers and firemen, as well as respected historical figures like Joseph Bonaparte and Stephen Decatur. Frustratingly, despite all these hundreds of sightings, there has never been a decent picture taken of the creature. Not in 1909, and not any time since. So, we're left with nothing but speculation and eyewitness accounts. But with so many accounts, surely they must have seen something lurking in the Pine Barrens. So what is it? I couldn't help but laugh a little bit when I was doing my research, and the very first theory I saw was that biologists and zoologists have suggested that people might have been seeing a species of bird that was once indigenous to the New Jersey area, the Sandhill Crane. If you listened to the Mothman episode a few episodes back, you might recall that the Sandhill Crane was one of the alleged culprits there, too. It's like researchers have just decided that anytime someone sees a weird animal, the Sandhill Crane is going to be the scapegoat, despite the fact that it doesn't look at all like the Jersey Devil or Mothman. Anyway, the reasoning is that the Sandhill Crane is a big bird that can be up to four feet tall and have a seven-foot wingspan, and it also has a loud screech that researchers believe could be a match to the screech often heard in Jersey Devil encounters. I'm fine with this for some of the more far-off sightings where people on the ground saw the creature flying in the sky overhead, but up-close encounters like that of Joseph Bonaparte, where he found himself face-to-face with the Jersey Devil, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that probably wasn't a Sandhill Crane. Other more rational theories include the creature possibly being some sort of a hybrid animal, like a mule or a liger, but that has some obvious issues too, like what creatures could have possibly mated to create such a monster as the Jersey Devil? A donkey and a bat? That might be a stretch. It has also been suggested that maybe the creature is an undiscovered species, or even that it's an animal that was possibly thought to be extinct. Pterodactyl gets thrown around from time to time. These theories seem almost feasible, but it's difficult to imagine that such a creature could reside so close to civilization, yet remain undiscovered and almost completely undetected the way that it has. New species get discovered all the time, but they aren't typically huge flying monsters living in major metropolitan areas. 
The Pine Barrens have a way of sparking some fantastic tales. The Jersey Devil is not the only bizarre creature that supposedly lurks in its depths. The Barrens' isolation and reputation for the strange have sparked many other folk legends, including the headless ghost of Captain Kidd, who wanders the shores at night guarding treasure that he allegedly buried there many years ago. There's a ghostly deer that warns of impending disasters. And of course, there's my favorite, the Black Doctor. All this goes to say that maybe the Jersey Devil is nothing more than a legend, fueled by the Pine Barrens' mysterious nature and humanity's need to fill unknown spaces. Add a hint of mass panic in 1909, and you have yourself a full-fledged monster. But there is enough evidence floating around that, who knows, maybe there is some strange, unknown creature that calls the Pine Barrens home. I, for one, hope that it's a pterodactyl. All right, all you wonderful people. Be sure to check out Simply Strange on social media. I am most active on Instagram, but you can find us on Facebook and Twitter also. So be sure to drop in and say hi. And of course, I want to say thanks for listening. The support that people are showing for this silly little show that I record in an overcrowded closet is pretty crazy and I sincerely appreciate all of it. Thanks, guys. And that's it for this week. I hope you all have a flippin' beautiful day or evening, whatever it is, and we'll be back in two weeks. Bye now. Bye now.